0: Australia's National Centre of Excellence for Complex Trauma, the Blue Knot Foundation, will launch its practice guidelines for clinical treatment of complex trauma supported by a, a private hospital. The guidelines will support informed trauma-specific responses to the growing complex trauma crisis, and it will hopefully guide diverse practitioners and agencies on how to identify and treat complex trauma. Joining me to discuss the launch is the president of the Blue Knot Foundation, Dr. Kathy Kesselman. Kathy, thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. So, how did these guidelines come about?
1: Look, uh, back in 2012, um, we launched a set of practice guidelines uh, for the clinical treatment of complex trauma and trauma-informed care and service delivery. And those guidelines collated and distilled, you know, what were 20 years of research in the area then, and you know, really uh, were, were highly endorsed and acclaimed both nationally and internationally. And they've been downloaded over 25,000 times. But the whole area of clinical and evidence uh, research in this area is just uh, expanding enormously. And so even though it's only been seven years since uh, those last guidelines, we really felt that it was time to update them, look at what's changed, uh, and really just underline the importance of... uh, working in a safe way with people who've experienced complex trauma and often dissociation, uh, because it's just so prevalent and it just has such profound impacts on those who are affected.
0: Mm-hmm. And if we look at hospital-specific settings, what specific scenarios are we preparing for with these guidelines?
1: Look, I mean, in hospital settings, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, the key one would be um, in sort of mental health uh, units. But much broader than that, because we know that complex trauma um, can affect people's mental and physical health. And, you know, there's there's a, there's a real issue when it's not thought about and recognised. And when, you know, despite the best of intentions, uh, practitioners who are not aware of its complexities and its implications uh, work with people in a way that, you know, can actually exacerbate things and re traumatise them and really block the potential that people have to heal and find a you know a a better space and a more contributing
0: life and i mean are these guidelines um aimed for instances when the health practitioner has prior knowledge of the trauma or are they more for um maybe identifying trauma when there isn't already knowledge
1: look i mean obviously these are underpinned by you know what we call a trauma informed approach which is really about keeping the possibility of trauma on the radar you know, we estimate conservatively that more more than one in four Australian adults have a lived experience of complex trauma. So, you know, potentially people are seen every day who may not have themselves recognised the relationship between their difficulties and their prior trauma histories, but then nor will their practitioners often. And so, you know, that's the very first step. But these guidelines go further than that. They look at how to work, you know, clinically with people who are presenting what are called symptoms um, in the sort of the biomedical model, but which often are trauma reactions or, tra- or um, coping strategies for people who've experienced, you know, profound traumatic stress.
0: What are some uh, of the quick fixes or some of the more simple things that you see that go on that can be changed in, in hospitals, you know, with, with nurses and doctors in the first kind of um, instances when the patient presents?
1: Look! Look! You know, the first thing is to understand the differences between single incident trauma. So this is a, uh, often a natural disaster, or a, or a sexual physical assault in adulthood, or a, a, uh, an accident, and you know that, that you know causes what we recognise very well as PTSD. But context trauma uh, actually in, affects the very core uh, development of the self. You know, people's self sense of self worth self-identity, their ability to regulate their emotions and to form relationships both with themselves, with the, with others and with the world. And so it's very, very important to understand these differences so that we can work with people safely. Um, people who've experienced complex trauma have often never felt safe. You know, that's a that, that completely alien um, experience. And they've often had, you know, profound betrayal of trust as well. So, this is about understanding those core differences and also understanding, you know, the dynamics of trauma that, you know, the physiology of the fight, flight and freeze response. And that until, you know, the nervous system is calmed, it's very, very hard to work with thoughts and beliefs and what we've seen traditionally in approaches to trauma is a top-down is a approach, which is, you know, working with making meaning and with thoughts. But when the nervous system is so activated, um, the, the higher brain centers are often offline. And so we also need to work with, with the body and with somatic approaches. And, you know, that's very much a part of, you know, what these guidelines say. That It's not about an either-all, but it's about combining different approaches and understanding the importance of an activated nervous system and working to engage with people socially and to reactivate ways of calming that system.
0: These new guidelines are being launched and supported by Belmont Private Hospital. Um, I mean, are your guidelines accepted in in some of the government health systems or is there any um, government um, dialogue at the minute?
1: Look, I mean, the the trauma-informed approach, which was, highlighted in our 2012 guidelines um, has really been taken up by a lot of government systems and a lot of other um, service systems around the country. I mean, it's still fairly sporadic, but that, that really has created enormous change. And we're very hopeful that these clinical guidelines will build on the 2012 ones and just increase understanding around, you know, what has changed. And what's been very significant in this area is that, you know, for the first time, the ICD-11, which is the, one of the big sort of guiding um, classifications of of um, disorders, uh, has announced that they're going to include complex post-traumatic stress disorder um, in their upcoming uh, compendium. And that, that's a really big shift. It's acknowledging complex trauma for the very first time in a diagnostic sense. And the other things that we've seen change, of course, has been that we've had a lot of Royal Commissions in this country. We've had a Royal Commission into child abuse, uh, one into aged care and more recently now one into disability, as well as a lot of inquiries around domestic violence. So, for the you know, for, we're really having very concerted conversations in this country around the impacts of multiple traumas, interpersonal, often extreme traumas, which is complex trauma. And so it's very, very important that as we're having these conversations, we also know how best to support people who are coming forward and to work therapeutically with them in a way that's safe and which gives them the best possibility for their healing.
0: Would you like to see more trauma training incorporated at a university level or in a TAFE level with health degrees and certificates?
1: No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, you know, complex trauma training. So it's a question of what trauma training? And also an understanding of the defence mechanism of dissociation, because many, many people who carry multiple comorbid diagnoses um, have experienced dissociation as as a result of extreme um, traumatic experiences, often as a child, but also as an adult. And there's really a lack of an understanding about how to work safely with dissociation as well. And you know, people presenting with um, different self parts of themselves because that. Because as we said, that complex trauma affects the very formation of the sense of self. And so this is very core to the process as well.
0: Kathy, um, for those listening who aren't familiar, um, can you tell us a bit more about the work of the Blue Knot Foundation more broadly?
1: Yes, look, we're a national organisation that's been around since 1995 and originally worked with um, adult survivors of child abuse. Because there were very other, very few other organisations doing that work, and over time we've grown and expanded to be the National Centre of Excellence around complex trauma, and we provide um, helpline services to people who've experienced uh, repeated interpersonal abuse and neglect and violence as a child. We also deliver workshops to survivors and to their families and friends, and we do a lot of professional development training to. Practitioners and workers across multiple disciplines um, around how to work from a trauma-informed perspective, how to keep the possibility of trauma on the radar, and how to optimise uh, potential for, heal- for healing, as well as vicarious trauma training. So, how to, how workers and practitioners can keep, keep themselves safe and well, you know, with what can be very challenging work, and obviously how to work clinically with people who've experienced complex trauma. Mm-hmm. So so we, we have a very broad reach in terms of you know, really building the capacity of the workforce and of organisations to, to really optimise potential for healing and recovery uh, and to hold on to the hopes of people who've often experienced horrific um, experiences uh, as a child and as an adult.
0: Mm -hmm. well it's important work Uh, Dr Kesselman thank you very much for joining us to talk about it
1: thanks so much